Hi, and welcome back to Art on a Podcast, the podcast created by Art on a Postcard. I hope this finds you well and you've eased into some semblance of normal life indoors. This week's episode is with the wonderful Justine D'Esprito Santo, who works as Managing Director at Arcadia Missa Gallery. It was great to speak to Justine to find out what working as a Managing Director of a high-profile London gallery entails. Justine talks about how she got involved with the gallery, which will be inspiring to some of you looking to get into art curation or working behind the scenes at a gallery. We also discuss the curation process for Arcadia Missa, which I'm sure many artists will find useful. Arcadia Missa became a popular haunt for artists in Peckham, where it was used as a studios and a place for exhibitions, but also as a space to connect with the local community. In 2018, they moved to Soho, where they're now a top venue for cutting-edge contemporary art. The move was a conscious one, due to not wanting to contribute to the ever-growing gentrification in South East London. We speak about this issue and how artists can avoid participating in it. Arcadia Missa have such a diverse roster of artists with a real commitment to social change in the art world and beyond. And it's this kind of self-awareness that makes the gallery so successful at doing so. During quarantine, they are working to support Disabled People Against Cuts and Crip Fund, a cause supporting disabled people through the coronavirus. Details on how you can support this work are included in the podcast. I hope you enjoy our chat. I found it super interesting and Justine is lovely. Do take a look at Arcadia Missa on Instagram at Arcadia Missa and subscribe to their newsletter via the website arcadiamissa.com. Okay, enjoy and see you on the other end. Hello, Justine. It's Rosa. How are you doing? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Um, where am I calling you today? Where are you at? Uh, I'm at home. <laughs> I'm at home, working. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. How's it all going for you guys? Yeah, well, it's, um, you know, just uh, we had to sort of adapt to working remotely and, uh, you know, closing the gallery and, you know, trying to still operate um, without yeah. having a physical presence, which is obviously super new, but, you know, we still managed to, you know, work and communicate with each other, so Fantastic. it's all right, yeah. Fantastic. Um, do you have any plans to keep going somehow during a lockdown? Um, yeah, I mean... We we aren't just like not at work. We're just um, you know we still sort of reach out to our audience through Instagram, through newsletters, through our website. Like we're definitely you know still trying to engage with the public, with collectors, sort of online by you know showing works that we have in our inventory and promoting our artists like in any possible way obviously it's difficult because you know not everyone is super responsive because everyone's got bigger concerns but I think it's important to sort of offer some sort of like you know some sort of content and discourse even in times like these I think you know it's good for people to have 
other things to think about and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I was saying so I, I was chatting to Peter Jones in the last uh, podcast and he said that he thinks that Instagram after so many years of sort of um people at, uh, attributing social anxiety to um Instagram finally it's reaping the benefits in some way that it's actually providing a great pa- platform to be able to uh, interact with one another and stay social at least on the digital sphere yeah yeah absolutely I mean you know like there's the uh, online viewing rooms for uh, Basel Hong Kong that I believe have, have been extended mm. so that's sort of like a tester of how like this how people respond to this platform but I think it's also uh, hopefully people will engage with art more and more on, in these different ways yeah. um and it's actually really nice, like, there's also a really great uh, new sort of, like, level of solidarity going on, like, amongst galleries sharing ideas about how to engage with our audience. Uh, you know, a lot of people have been communicating a lot, which is really nice, yeah. uh, amongst galleries in London. Um, and then also, like, the press has been amazing, like, a lot of... Uh, a lot of art press have, you know, reached out to us to offer uh, their platform for the galleries that have to, have had to close their shows, which is really, really amazing. And it sort of, you know, it really helps, yeah, you know, that definitely. other people are sort of reaching out to try and, you know, provide visibility. It's really important. Absolutely. Um, and I was going to ask you, I'm intrigued to know your thoughts yeah. on this. What do you think... The general public and art lovers can do to support our local art galleries like Arcadia Missa, for instance? I mean, there's there's very different ways. Obviously, you know, like, um, you know, as I said, like we're kind of, you know, active on Instagram, active with our newsletter and I guess paying attention to the content that we are yeah. and engaging with the content that we are um we're putting out digitally i mean our website is obviously more important than ever yeah. um i know that um, a lot of galleries are doing sort of like uh online programs but especially with video works because that obviously works really well for this kind of uh for a digital platform um so you know like all the galleries that are doing this they obviously you know people should definitely engage with the amazing content that's being put out there yeah um we haven't done this uh we uh have decided to uh, release a new publication uh so a publication called metabolize if able by clay ad that we had already published last year right. and we released um an epub version of it uh, so that people can download it on their Kindle or iPad. Oh, and the proceeds actually go to a charity. They go to two charities that we uh, that we chose. So Disabled People Against Cuts, uh, obviously providing heightened, a heightened level of support um, wow. to disabled people during the crisis. Yeah. Um, and also Crip Fund, which is another charity. Uh, it's actually a, a fundraiser that's been put together to raise money for disabled people during the the COVID nineteen crisis, so two two causes that we felt really strongly about and really wanted to support, and you know, 
we also want to use our platform to use other people in these times you know i think um it's sort of a two-way so it's a way for us to engage with our audience but it's also a way for us to you know use our platform to help those who are most in need and i think that's really important absolutely where can people find that where can we download that so you can download it on our website or in our on our shop. Uh, so if you go on arcadiamister.com, uh, there's a, a shop section where you find the rest of our publications and the Clay AD EPUB is there. Um, there is also a direct link to it on our Instagram page. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's the main two Great. places to, to access it, yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely be downloading that after we finish today. Oh, thank um, you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so Arcadia Missa was founded by Rosha Farkas in 2014, having been the project space since 2011. Yeah. When did you get involved with the gallery as managing director? And h- how did that um, come about? Yeah, well, basically, so I used to be based in Peckham up until quite recently, and I was sort of active in the art world. Um, you know, I was uh, uh, I was working in the art advisory before Arcadia Missa, and mm. I was also on the side sort of doing little projects with artists, uh, curating uh, a couple of shows, etc. And uh, being from Peckham and also knowing a lot of people in the art world in Peckham, I sort of, you know, came across the gallery quite a, you know, I think before it was a, yeah, yeah, before it was a a, a gallery when it was still right. a project space yeah. uh, a while back. And, you know, obviously seeing people, you know, uh, going to the openings at a, or sort of like seeing Rosa other things, like we sort of started getting to know each other. Um, and then I, um, you know, I did an art fair with them because I was French and they needed someone French um, with sort of like art world sort of phase experience to help yeah. uh, for their first uh, fair in Paris, which was Paris International. So that was like 2016. Um, and then I sort of, you know, kept being involved more or less. I mean, you know, sort of very remotely, but then I did a show with one of the a group show that I curated that one of the artists from the gallery was in. It was Penny Goring and sort of, Penny uh, worked and did an amazing project for the show that I was doing. Yeah. That was amazing. And and when sort of like about uh, two years ago, the, you know, Roja was looking for someone to uh, become a director and help with saves and with programming at the gallery, then I, it felt like the perfect time for me. And I think it was, it was a really good time because I had had sales experience through... Uh, working in advisory, which, you know, it's, was a very good sort of like learning experience mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, learning how how to sell really. And then having been able to sort of like work with artists through a few projects also, I also had that aspect of the job sort of knowing how to project manage, uh, which is important when you, you know, uh, work on a gallery program. And also, like, relation, how to, you know, have relationships with artists, you know, yeah. that sort of stuff. Obviously, on the gallery, when you work in a gallery, it's, it's super different to working on a single project because when you work with artists in a gallery, it's sort of, you know, it's a long-term relationship and it's about developing their career. Mm. Um, so it's, it's different, but, but still, like, that was an experience 
experience that I could sort of bring to my role at the gallery. So, mm. yeah, that's sort of how it came about. Like, I always felt very strongly affiliated to the program. I always thought the program of Arcadium is that really stood out and I really loved the artists that um, that they were already working with and I loved the artists that we've also taken on board ever since. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've always sort of thought it was a really interesting space with a really great discourse with people like Hannah Black and yeah. Jesse Darling and Amalia Ullman and Anne Hirsch. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've always thought, you mm. know, really strongly for it. Yeah, brilliant. Um, you mentioned uh, the space in Peckham. I live in Peckham, mm-hmm. so I knew the gallery. Oh, amazing. The space there in southeast London. Um, how has it been moving to West London? So you're, you're based in Soho now uh, since, is it 2018? Yeah, 2018. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we just sort of had our two-year anniversary in Soho. Oh, great. Um, yeah, yeah, which is amazing. Okay. Um, I was going to ask you, what differences do you notice having galleries in those two very different parts of London? I mean, it's, it's, it's quite different. Um, basically, the move was prompted by the sort of ongoing and ever-increasing uh, gentrification process in, in Peckham that leads uh, to, you know, communities being displaced and their, their spaces of sociality uh, yeah. closing. And, uh, and you know, like, as this sort of progress and beca- became, like, more and more heightened, I think there was definitely a sense of discomfort um you know even if uh, Arcadia Musa always tried to engage with um with the local community and sort of encourage the people who would come either from Peckham to the gallery but also from outside of Peckham to, vi- to visit the gallery to sort of engage with the with the sort of like uh old businesses and old spaces around the area to sort of support you know the the local communities um but at some point it just felt like you know this was not really something that the gallery wanted to be associated with and part of and um and so the move to soho was you know partly sort of prompted by that Mm. um and then soho also makes sense for the gallery because um you know it's the sort of uh old sort of LGBTQ plus, um, yeah. uh, well, especially the, the gay venue, uh, the, the gay area, sorry, mm. of London, um, and uh, and that is also something that you know we think is important. The fact that you know, so her, despite being also extremely gentrified and having yeah. changed a lot since you know the sixties or the seventies. It sort of still has retained some of its identity and you know i mean it's hard to keep gay and lgbtq plus venues open in london but you know the landlords uh in soho either the private or the commercial ones really fight really hard for uh those businesses and those spaces to remain open um just as also the other bars and italian delis and you know like soho it feels like despite gentrification, has still sort of managed to maintain some of its sort of authenticity and remain yeah. somehow a little bit more true to its sort of historical 
roots and culture than other areas in, in central London. Definitely. So we kind of felt like the right place for us. Yeah. Um, and obviously in terms of, you know, the gallery and being there, it's, it's obviously the, it's way easier for us to reach our public, our collectors, mm-hmm. curators, for them to come and see us if they, you know, if they're not based in, if they were not based in Peckham before, obviously it was way harder for people to come and come and see us. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we're very much like in the centre. We have a much smaller space, so we kind of made that trade of having a smaller gallery space. Uh, even though we, you know, we won't stay there forever, is sort of you know a good stepping stone. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's sort of the trade off that we decided to do. Um, mm. Yeah, obviously, you know, we we probably got a little bit more uh, more artists as students when we were uh, in Peckham because of you know Campbell and Goldsmiths being yeah. quite close. A lot of Chelsea students also uh, uh, live in Peckham. And then stay on and find studios there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's way more of an artistic community in Peckham that you know would visit the gallery. Yeah. But we still have you know a lot of people that that were part of our sort of crowd of people, so to speak, that would come to our events, still attends our our events in Soho. So we still have somehow managed to retain uh, and our audience, and a lot of them still travel to see us yeah. uh, but it's, it's also enabled for uh yeah collectors and curators and museum directors to to have to yeah to be more accessible to these kind of people and and that's really important for for the business really yeah i can imagine um it's interesting you mentioned gentrification because i think gentrification um is a complex uh tricky thing for uh artists to often get around because often a lot of artists don't have a lot of money and so they go to areas in London where the rent is lower and they create sort of communities there of artists but they're not necessarily from the backgrounds of the local community that pre-existed in that space yeah um so I was wondering like do you have any advice on how galleries and artists can avoid gentrifying areas such as Peckham um where rent prices are lower um, and they may be the only places they can afford. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the obviously this is inevitable. This sort of gentrification, as we know, the process often starts with you know creative communities uh, mm. sort of implanting themselves in sort of like in more deprived areas uh, where rents are lower. As you said, I think. Uh, the best way to try and counterbalance that effect is to really engage um, with whoever is around you. So support local businesses is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, Support local businesses. If you're a gallery and you want to do a community program or, you know, offer your space for, for educational purposes or, you know, have one, part of your program per year or whatever that um or or do events to try and drive it you know a sort of wider crowd that's not just your your sort of standard outcry like that's really important and the you know there are ways that you can you can try and do it i think through sort of yeah either engaging directly with them yeah uh, through yes supporting businesses or uh 
more by including that into your program. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great advice um, and definitely something that more organisations and individuals should take on in those areas. Um, and so the art at Arcadia Missa, it's always exciting, um, an eclectic range of contemporary art that uses in innovative new mediums and challenges status quo. Um, uh, what are the criteria when you're looking for new artists? What's the collective taste amongst the Arcadia team? Um, well, I don't, there aren't really any criteria, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, you know, the, or if there are any, they're sort of unspoken and they also evolve year after year as the gallery grows as a business, but also as the roster grows. Like you want to, you you know, you want to keep it as varied as possible. So you're not always looking for the same uh, s sort of practices or the same types of artists, so to speak, to, to sort of, if you're looking to add on uh, new artists to the program. But I think... More generally, what you could say is that uh, we want to show art that we believe address issues that are particularly urgent and relevant yeah. to uh, the world that we live in. And that's something that, you know, we feel really strongly about, uh, if, you know, so artists that address issues that are particularly relevant to the socio-political context, especially in terms of identity politics or, you know, hyper-financialization, austerity cuts, especially in the UK, um, you know, the rising of nationalisms. Like, these are issues that, I mean, there are plenty more, obviously, but the, just to name a few issues that we uh, think really impact people today and uh, yeah, we... Yeah. We look. We like uh, to show artists that has that has the sort of the intent of addressing these issues and sort of questioning them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of what maybe you could define as our taste, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, definitely championing those voices that uh, challenge social issues, as you say. That's and mm. you mentioned the LGBT community before. I think that that's also very um, evident in the roster of artists that you have on um, on at Arcadia yeah. that addresses the gender balance. Um, yeah. As a gallery that represents so many women artists, do you ever experience a pushback from the industry where sexism persists? And if so, how do you combat that? Um, yeah, I mean... To be honest, it's obviously also fair to to recognise that the art world, especially in in places like London, uh, is perhaps an industry more so than others um, that you know is very much aware of the lack of representation of yeah. human women and LGBTQ plus uh, people in the industry, and that's sort of like it's amazing that it's part of the debate. Yeah. Um, but but definitely like there's still like you know major underrepresentation of you know artists of color. Uh, there is still a bias towards women, a bias towards LGBTQ plus uh, people or members of such communities in the art world. I mean, you know, like personally as a as a woman and and, and as a gallery run by women, mm -hmm. you know, I think we 
we're very we we're good at having a voice and being very being very vocal about the things that we care about and and that's great um yeah. you know there are still instances for me for example that's that's very personal but i don't know just just stupid sort of biases you know if i'm at a at an art fair at our booth and i'm talking to a man um you know someone will walk up to us and address the man to ask a question <laughs> yeah although <laughs> he's never he might have never been here before it's just a friend coming by but you yeah, know yeah, people yeah. have still have this unconscious bias where you know they assume that you know they don't necessarily assume that as a sort of young woman you can have a position of of power or responsibilities within the within the gallery which is quite weird but you know i think things keep getting better as these conversations uh keep happening and i think it's very it's it's very important to keep you know these conversations going yeah. is uh amongst institutions like public institutions and amongst um amongst private institutions as well and and art fairs and and galleries as well yeah yeah um, yeah it's definitely is improving uh, we're an organization at art and the postcard that we're for women also um uh-huh. entirely and we've just had our international women's day or exhibition yeah. and it, we raised more money in that exhibition than we've raised for any other exhibition in the past That's so amazing. It's, it's definitely a sign that you know people are being more conscious and um supporting art uh, under previously rep- unrepresented artists yeah, yeah absolutely yeah yeah i mean and also like uh there is a, a quite especially in london like there's a high number i mean of galleries that are uh, led and run by women and i think that's amazing yeah definitely um so also arcadia missa you you're also publishers um as yeah. well as the gallery um and i've had a look at your how to sleep faster journal um amazing uh, could you tell us uh, a bit about that and what the process of publishing a journal entails yeah i mean it's um it's it's really sort of like the publishing side of arcadia missa is 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 something that has been going on ever since the the arcadia missa started so before it was a commercial gallery when it was a project space it was already a, a publishing platform and it's really something that is sort of like you know this the sort of heritage of that period that is sort of carried through um and uh and so yeah how to sleep faster is uh, is the ongoing journal that we publish more or less yeah sort of once a year at the moment yeah. uh and it's really great because it's a way for us to you know obviously being a commercial gallery we obviously we can't help but sort of tailoring our program to our audience which as a commercial gallery is you know involves curators and museums so you know and 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 also private collectors um so having this publishing platform is a way to sort of continue some discourses that we perhaps don't really have space anymore to um to host in the gallery space mm. because of having a commercial gallery program so it sort of enables us to engage with uh an artistic community that doesn't really get representation 
yeah. uh, within within commercial galleries and also to foster some discourses that again we think uh, are important to look at um, and so uh, the publishing of the journal so every year we sort of choose a topic we have a a brilliant editor for Arcadia Museum Publications called Bruce Pilston. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of like, so we decide every year on the topic. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of the editor's job to sort of, you know, research. It often starts because there is a text that we find particularly interesting uh, uh, or a, a group of existing texts, uh, or perhaps, you know, it can be prompted by like ongoing discourses within the art world or within society as a whole um and so we choose a topic and then do some research and exchange ideas about texts that uh they we think are relevant so we it's a mix of um of poems and visual visuals so also reproducing artworks or images of artworks or digital artworks are printed in in the book as well as you know little novellas or or mm. essays yeah. uh wow, some of these yeah. yeah these so yeah we we have you know about 20 contributors every year and it's sort of like a mix of existing text and then um and then text that we uh we commission mm. uh and uh, obviously we run this it, you know, on, on quite a tight budget, yeah. uh, but we always make sure that, you know, all the contributors are, you know, remunerated somehow for, for their contribution. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, that's sort of, that is sort of how it works. It's about sort of, you know, collecting different, uh, different texts around a certain issue. Yeah. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, Wow, I'm yeah, so they, I'm so inspired by the work that you're that you do, you guys do, and um, oh, thank you. It's such a fantastic gallery and really a, an exciting place. I will be definitely constantly looking forward to who you have next and who's exhibiting there. Um, yeah, amazing, yeah. and uh, yeah. obviously at the moment, unfortunately, the gallery is uh, is closed yeah. until further notice. But as soon as we reopen. Um, we have this really wonderful uh, solo show by Hannah Black yeah. at the gallery called Rune Rien. Yeah. And it will be, uh, and as soon as we reopen our doors, we'd love for people to come and see it because it's a really amazing show. It's our first solo show with Hannah since 2015. Right. Um, and uh, and it's it's really fantastic there's also images of it available on our website yeah, and then images of our other shows as well yeah i had um, a look at, at the images that you have online it looks brilliant it's it's multimedia right there's it's there's some i saw there's some film in there some sculpture installation yeah yeah so it's um it's a sort of uh yeah it's a it, there's this mixed uh, media there's a there's a painting there is uh some there is a, a video and some installations as well. Mm. Um, uh, Hannah wrote uh, a really beautiful, uh, amazing text uh, for for a press release, which I invite everyone to read. And the whole concept of the show is about questioning the idea of the autonomy of art and and whether and this sort of assumption that art is not accountable to society for what it says and mm. the sort of like 
the untouchability of the work of art. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really fantastic, yeah, I so I, I invite everyone to have a look. Yeah, I definitely will. And I'm sure our listeners will be running to go and uh, have a look at that too. Um, well, thank you so much, Justine. That's been so insightful and really enjoyable talking to you about something that isn't COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice, isn't it? <laughs> but no, thank you so, so much for, um, for having me uh, and for featuring uh, me and the gallery. Uh, it's much appreciated. Thank no you so much. Um, take care. Look after your loved ones and yourself, of course. And enjoy quarantine. <laughs> thank you so much. You too, Rosa. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Art on a Podcast. To find out more about anything in today's episode, go to artonapostcard.com and be sure to follow us on all our social channels at Art on a Postcard. Goodbye!